0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today on the 11th of September where the recording comes live from Drung Church last week where we were looking at the book of Revelation chapters 8 and 9 and seeing how God answers prayers. I'll hand over to that service now. And unfortunately the microphone was not working so well um, so the sound recording may not be as good as usual but hopefully you'll still be able to hear it. I'll hand over now. Thank you. There we are, we're going to return to the book of Revelation today, uh, Revelation chapter 8, and in Revelation we've seen that Jesus is the one who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And this hymn picks up our theme, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus, um, uh, tells us in the second verse, he died to call them his own. What, what a love of Jesus for his people. Let's sing together, number 105, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Uh mm-hmm. Fullness over
1: me, underneath me, all around
0: me is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward to my glorious rest of Oh. praise from shore to shore. Over them from the throne. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Love of every love the best. Tis an ocean vast of blessing. Tis a haven sweet of rest. Deep, deep love of Jesus Tis a heaven of heaven to me And it lifts me up to glory For it lifts me up to thee Please do be seated for our first Bible reading And Keith's going to come and bring that for us. Children, I'd like you to listen as Keith reads. How many times do you hear the word trumpet or trumpets? Thank
1: you, Keith. So our first Bible reading is from Revelation chapter 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashings of lightning, and an earthquake. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire, mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and and all green grass was burned up. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became wormwood and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of their light might be darkened and a third of the day might be kept from shining and likewise a third of the night. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks, Thank you very much, Keith, for reading for us so clearly. Children, how many trumpets did you hear? Seven times we heard the word trumpet. Is that what you heard? Great. Seven times we heard the word trumpet. There's more to, to come. But those trumpets, those first few trumpets, they remind us of the, the seriousness of, of sin. And they should make us want to hate sin and turn from it. And we're going to do that now. We're going to turn to God, away from our sin, and acknowledge our sin, and ask for his forgiveness. So in the words of the confession, on page one of the service card. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen. Wonderfully, in that reading we were told that every prayer is heard. And we heard earlier in the book of Revelation about him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And so I can pray with confidence, may the Father forgive us by the death of his Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Please would you stand to join in the responses on page two. Oh Lord, open our lips. O oh God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise his name in the words of our all Age Song. Be strong and courageous. It's a song that reminds us, in Jesus, there's nothing to fear. And Dorothy's going to help us to sing that. I'll sing the, the first line in the verses, and Dorothy can sing the, the echo. And please join in with her. Be strong and courageous. Lord of the ages, hold on to this little one safe life and side. Be strong and courageous. Lord of the ages, hold on to this little one safe. Do not fear the fire. Do not fear the waters. Do not fear the waters. Jesus is strong and Be strong and courageous, Lord of the ages. Hold all His little ones safe on His side. Be strong and courageous, Lord of the ages. Hold all His little ones safe. Do, Do not fear the darkness. Do not fear the sadness. Don't fear the sickness. Jesus has come to them all. Be strong and courageous, Lord of the ages, Also holds all His little ones safe by His Son. Be strong and courageous, Lord of the ages, Also holds all His little ones safe. Do not fear the enemy, not fear the poverty, not fear, not, fear. not fear eternity, not fear eternity, Jesus has stronger than all. Strong Lord, 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 our our Lord, be so Lord, so and so strong and courageous, Lord our deities, He comes the same, i by your Son. Be strong and courageous, Lord our deities, Please do be seated as we turn to prayer. And we're going to begin with the Lord's Prayer. As we remember those words from Revelation 8, that God hears our prayers, let's pray to God as our Father in heaven. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, and rose again from the dead. We worship you on this your day. You are the resurrection and the life. We rejoice today in the blessings which you've brought to us by your resurrection. You are a savior who has met every power of evil and overcome every enemy. We have nothing to fear even in death for you have proved yourself Lord of death and have the keys of the grave. You are a Saviour who was dead, but who now lives to die no more. We have you for a living friend and companion, and so we are sure of your help in our every time of need, trial and danger. Help us to open our hearts to receive your love and the power of your Holy Spirit this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for the children returning safely to school and for Sunday school being able to start again today. We pray you would continue to help and protect the children. Thank you for good Leaving cert results this year. And we pray for those who are trying to arrange college accommodation. We also pray for those who are disappointed with their results. Please may they find their identity in being made in your image and loved by you and please may you open doors for them. Lord, in your mercy. Sovereign Lord, we continue to pray for the country of Ukraine. We pray that the counteroffensive in the south would be successful in reclaiming land. We thank you that the IAEA inspectors have reached the nuclear power plant, and we pray for safety and a right return of power to Ukraine. We pray for an end to the war the Russian forces to run out of resources, for soldiers to be unwilling to fight. We thank you for your people in Ukraine and for the opportunities that some are having through churches and uh, through, through pastors reaching out to many at this time. Please would you help many to turn to you in this troubling time. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray for any we know who are suffering at the moment whether in body or mind. We pray for Jackie Crow, and we thank you for the recovery he's made this week. We pray for his continued recovery, and that you'd be near to him, and he would know you close to him. Please be with Anne and continue to help her. We pray for Leon Bryady, and pray his treatment would be successful. pray for Olive Simmons to know you close to her, day by day. We pray for Lucy Roberts and for her continued healing. For David Ryan, for Maria Turner, and for Abby McDowell. We also pray for others who are grieving at the moment, and we continue to remember the family of Frank Nolte. And we pray for those uh, in Pakistan facing the floods at the moment. And we also remember this month being a mental health awareness month, all those who struggle with mental health, with poor mental health, whether through depression or anxiety or some other illness. And we pray this month of September would be a helpful month in raising awareness and helping people to be able to talk without shame, in a moment of quiet, any others we know who are suffering in any way or grieving at this time. Heavenly Father, you you alone know what each person is facing, and you know the challenges. We pray you to help them with their pain, their frustration, their illness, their loneliness. May they cast every anxiety and burden on you, knowing that you care for them. We pray you bring healing to those who are unwell, and comfort to those who are grieving. And we pray that throughout, their challenges, they may grow closer to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for special prayer for this Sunday. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than either we desire or deserve. Pour down upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things, which we are not worthy to ask, save through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. We close our prayers by joining together in the first collect for Morning Prayer on page five. Together we pray. O God, the author of peace and lover of comfort, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us from all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if the children and their leaders want to, to head out, and Keith's going to bring us our second reading, which is from Revelation chapter nine. Thank you, Keith.
1: So our second reading is Revelation chapter nine. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle, On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek he is called Apollion. The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year, were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number, and this is how I saw the horse's in my vision, and those who rode them. they were they wore breastplates the colour of fire and of sapphire and of sulphur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and fire and smoke and sulphur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues a third of mankind was killed, by the fire and smoke and sulphur coming out of their mouths, for the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind, who are not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshipping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did did they repent of their murders or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to
1: God. Now you can make all that clear.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, uh, Keith, for reading for us uh, so clearly. And I do pray that God will help us in a moment as we look at his words. But before that, we're going to stand and affirm our faith together in God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in the words of the Apostles' Creed on page three. Let's stand and affirm our faith. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, Make it so that the people online can hear as well. Let's, see. Let's uh, pray for God's help as we, as we look at his words together. If you've got a Bible, it's Revelation 8. Uh, it's on the service sheet, but we will be looking at a couple of verses just in the chapters nearby. So page 1032 uh, in the church Bibles. Let's pray for God's help. Heavenly Father, we do need your help this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who caused all scripture to be written for our benefit. We pray that that same Holy Spirit would help us today, give us hearts to understand, minds to understand, to see wonderful things in your word and to be blessed by hearing and keeping your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Those are words from Psalm 13 that are in our Bibles. Uh, But maybe you know what that feels like, that feeling of how long, O Lord? How long must I suffer this painful disease? How long must I suffer with my mental health, depression, anxiety? How long must the war go on? How long must I see my child suffer? How long until no more babies are lost? How long until there's no more tensions in my family? How long? How long until God shows his glory and puts to shame those who mock him? Here in Revelation eight and nine, we see that every prayer of every Christian is heard and answered. Remember, the book of Revelation is written to encourage Christians who are going through really hard times to keep going when things are really hard. And what an encouragement among the pain we experience to know that if you're trusting in Jesus, you can be totally confident that Almighty God hears your prayers. Look at Revelation 8, verse 3. It's a wonderful verse. Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. All the saints means all Christians. It's a a term for Christians there. So all the prayers of God's people are heard. Look, they rise up before God, we're told in verse four. They rise up before, what a wonderful picture of God hearing our prayers and of his response that he responds to the prayers. They don't just drift up and drift off, he responds. It's a bit of a strange response, isn't it, with these seven trumpets? We've had six of them, heard six of them this morning. Uh, A strange response, but if you have ever prayed for someone to get better, or for justice, or for God's kingdom to come, well then in some way these seven trumpets are part of the answer. Now, you might be thinking, I've never prayed for hail or fire. Uh, I've never prayed for the sea to become blood. I've never prayed for the water to become bitter or for darkness. But all of these things are part of God's judgment on a world that is in rebellion against him. And unless God judges the earth, there will be no ultimate healing, no ultimate justice, no coming of his kingdom. God is going to have to get rid of all the sin that has so damaged and wounded and destroyed his people and this planet. And these six trumpets are the start of God doing that. And so they're part of God's answer to the Christian's prayers for things to be made right again. For the Christians who are praying, how long, O Lord? I think that helps with the, the how long question To know that the suffering for God's people will not continue forever. That God is going to put things right. When? When is all this happening? Well, it's the same as with the the, the seven seals that we saw in chapter 6. When we looked at them earlier in June. This vision of the trumpets, these seven trumpets, is covering the same period of time as the seven seals. The time from Jesus' ascension when he rose up into heaven until he comes back, what the Bible calls the last days, the period that we're living in now, the time that we're living in now. And it's a bit like if you're ever watching sports on the TV or uh, you're on the TV, you don't get it live so much, uh, but you see a replay from a different angle. You know, you see the, the ball touched down and you think, has it really been touched down? And you go around and or you see a goal scored. Has it, has it really been scored or was there a foul? We get a different perspective from a different angle. And the trumpets that are blown, it's the same event, the same time period as the seven seals, but from a different angle. Here the focus is on God answering his people's prayers and protecting them. God wants to reassure his suffering people that just as he rescued his people from the suffering in Egypt, he will ultimately rescue his people again. Do you remember when, they were, when God's people were slaves in Egypt and they groaned to God and he heard their groaning and he knew their suffering. And what did he do? He sent plagues. Plagues on Egypt. Plagues of hail, of water turning to blood, of darkness, of locusts. And it's similar here in Revelation 8 to 9. It's similar language, isn't it? God has heard his people's groans and especially the groans of the martyrs. We met them back in in June in chapter 6 and verse 10 when we heard about those who had been slain, who'd been killed on account of the word of God for the witness they had borne. They had been faithful to Jesus. He's speaking about him. Some have been locked up in prison and some have been killed as they still are today across the world. And here is part of the answer to their prayer. They prayed, how long, O Lord, until you judge the earth and the seven trumpets are blown. God is judging the earth. He is answering their prayers against picture language. But the first four trumpets, they show that every realm of life is affected by our rebellion against God whether it's the earth with the first trumpet, the sea with the second, the rivers with the third, the skies with the fourth. The whole world is groaning because of our sin. And don't you see that as you look out in the world today, as you turn on the news, every time we see a wildfire, a flood, a volcano, an earthquake, it's a reminder that this world is under the judgment of God. Every time you find your land is not as productive as you would like, it's a reminder that we're living under a world, living in a, in a world under God's judgment. But graciously, it's limited, because I wonder if you noticed the fraction. It was a third, a third, a third. It's more than with the seals. With the seals, it was a quarter. Things are going up. They're, they're getting worse, in a sense, with each of these cycles of events, with each replay. It's a third is destroyed, a third is damaged. It's limited. And if you're trusting in Jesus, then although you're still affected by living in this world under God's judgment, you will be protected from the worst of the judgment. Before the last three trumpets are blown, there are three woes announced. Three woes that are a warning that the worst is to come. But look who the woe is directed against and who is protected. You can see it in verse 13. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth. Now at first we might think that's everyone. That's that's everyone who lives on the earth. But actually the, the way John uses that expression in Revelation is a a way of him saying all those who love this world more than they love God. The earth dwellers are those who love this world and forget about God. Those who live only for themselves and are not concerned about God and his purposes. If you're someone that's living only for yourself and what you can get out of life, with little or no thought to God, well then this is a warning for you. But look who's protected. Look who is protected from this judgment in chapter 9, verse 4. We're told about those who had a seal of God on their foreheads. Those who've been sealed by God. Now, what is that? I, I can't see any marks here this morning. I, I've not got a mark on my head as far as I can, can see. What is this sealing that is being talked about? It's not a literal mark. We saw, didn't we, back in chapter 7, verse 14, those who have been sealed by God, who have been marked out as his, who were they? They were the ones, chapter 7, verse 14, who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Those we saw back then, those who are, who've turned to Jesus, who understand that Jesus is the one who loves us and died for us to free us from our sins. And have turned from going their own way to to, to him. Those are the ones who are marked by God. And God says, you're mine. You've turned to Jesus, you're mine. You're one of mine. You're you're sealed, you're safe. Uh, And so if you've done that, if you've turned to Jesus, you are safe from these woes that are to come. How good it is to be one of Jesus' people, to be safe from these woes, because they're terrible, aren't they? But if you're someone who still loves this world more than God, someone who has not yet taken refuge in Jesus, please do heed this warning this morning. Sometimes we might think going Jesus' way is is not best. It's it's too costly to follow Jesus. We might think we'll miss out on too much. But in this revelation, we get a a glimpse behind the curtain. It's as if the curtain is lifted, lifted, there's an unveiling And we see the reality of what is really going on. We get to see the difference between how Jesus treats his people and how Satan treats everyone who's chosen to live for themselves, those who dwell on the earth. How does Jesus treat his people? Well, we've already seen at the beginning of Revelation, he loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And so whatever he asks of us must ultimately be for our good. Like a loving parent telling the child to do something. They know what is best for the child. Jesus knows what is best for us. He's the one who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. That's how Jesus treats his people. He loves us. How does Satan treat those who reject Jesus? You might think, Ah, he's really pleased with people who reject Jesus. He treats them well because they've rejected Jesus. But the surprise in chapter 9 is he tortures them. That's how Satan treats those who reject Jesus. He tortures them. Isn't that a bit surprising? But here we see Satan is against everyone. But those who've not taken refuge in Jesus have no protection from the devil. Satan makes life so miserable for some people that they will long to end their lives. Do you see in chapter 9 verse 6, in those days people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. They're a kind of living death. Life is so miserable for these people that they want to die, it's so painful. That's not to say that every person who doesn't trust Jesus, every non-Christian, is is miserable. Nor is it to say that a Christian can't suffer from depression. But the Christian is protected by Jesus. And so we will ultimately triumph. We have the Holy Spirit helping us through life. We can have confidence that whatever we're facing, nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even in the bleakest of times, when we're crying out, how long, O Lord, how long will this go on? We know that there will be an answer. But for those outside of Christ, who have not taken refuge in him, they will be lured by things that offer much, but have a sting in the tail, like these locusts with a scorpion-like sting. Something that looks like it will give pleasure ends up trapping people and destroying them. Satan, the great deceiver, only wants to destroy people. He is the one commanding this army of stinging locusts. He is the one deceiving. He's there in verse 11. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek it's called. he is called Apollyon. And the little footnote tells us that's the destroyer. This is Satan, the destroyer. And look at the destruction he causes when the sick trumpet is blown in verse 18. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. A third of mankind killed by this awful satanic army marching on the earth. Now remember, this is picture language. We won't literally see horses with lion's heads and tails like serpents. But we do need to understand that today, Satan is busy deceiving and destroying people, taking lives. Do you notice how the horses caused the harm? Three times we were told it was by their mouths. Verse 17, out of their mouths. Verse 18, out of their mouths. Verse 19, for the power of the horses is in their mouths. Why is that? Well, because Satan deceives. It's what he's been doing since the very beginning. He's an expert at deceiving. It's what he did with Adam and Eve, and he's been doing it ever since. Deceiving people, encouraging people to turn away from the living God who loves them, to go their own way, to think that somehow God is spoiling life for you if you go God's way. To think that somehow going your own way is best. And his aim is to destroy, to destroy spiritually and ultimately physically. As Jesus tells us in John's Gospel, that that Satan, the thief, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Why does God allow all of this? Because it's important to see, even as we see this destruction that Satan is causing, it is all under God's control. He is the one who commands the angels to blow the trumpets. Satan can only do what is permitted by God. Now, Satan's purpose may only be to deceive and destroy, but God's purpose in all of this is to save. You see, the aim of these judgments is to bring people to repentance. We see that in verse 20, because we're told that they did not repent. But that was the aim, that the people, as they heard this, saw these terrible things, that people would repent. The aim of these judgments is that as people see the devastation in the world that is caused by us rejecting God's rightful rule, the aim is that we would turn to the one who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Imagine if things only ever went well in this world for those who oppose God. If there was never a warning and then suddenly a judgment. But instead God graciously shows people this world is not as it should be and he shows us where rejecting him will lead. As C.S. Lewis famously wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pains it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world but the trouble is it doesn't seem to work does it do you see in verse 20 the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent they didn't stop it they were so deceived that they did not stop They did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. They loved their sin too much. They thought that going Jesus' way was too costly. Something more is needed than simply the judgment, than simply the signs, than simply the terrors that are going on in the world. Something more is needed. And next week we'll see that the witness of the suffering church leads some to fear God and give him glory. You see, people need to hear God's word to be able to understand what is happening in the world. And the question for us today is, will we help them? Across Ireland this autumn, something's happening called What's the Story? And it's an opportunity to help people to hear God's word. To hear how God's word makes sense of our world. There's going to be six questions that we're going to have a go at answering. and These are six of the most common questions that people ask about Christianity. W- would you make the most of that? Why not begin praying for someone or some more people that you could invite to hear answers to God's, from God's word to six of the most common questions people Why not come to our prayer meeting this week to pray for that? That people would come to know the one who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. The one who can seal us and make us safe from this coming judgment. You see, the wonderful truth is our prayers are heard. Every prayer of every Christian is heard. It rises up to God, as we saw in chapter And God will act, and he will answer our prayers in a way that is more glorious than we can imagine. We might not see the answer straight away. When you pray for justice, as God hears that prayer for justice, the ultimate answer will be when Jesus Christ returns. When you pray for peace, well, he may give some peace now, but the ultimate answer will be, when Jesus Christ returns to reign. When you pray for healing now, there may be some healing now, but the ultimate answer as that prayer rises up to God is of the resurrection of the body. And when you pray for joy now, well there may be some joy experienced today in the Christian life, but the ultimate answer will be at the wedding feast of Jesus and his people. Let's pray as we close. Lord Jesus, thank you that your word does make sense of our world. Thank you it explains what is happening. And we pray we would be those who would be blessed by hearing your word and keeping it. Please may we know that you love us and have freed us from our sins by your blood. Please keep us from being those who are deceived. And please may we be those who help others understand our world through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing uh, of the safety we have in Jesus. He is the only safe place, uh, safe in the arms of Jesus. And the second verse, Tells us, sin cannot harm me there. Satan cannot harm those who belong to Jesus. He cannot ultimately harm us. So we're going to sing of the safety we have in Jesus. Six, seven, six. Safe in the arms of Jesus safe on his gentle breast. There by his love, oh shade sweetly my soul shall rest. Hark, tis the voice of angels born in a song to me. Over the fields of glory, over the jasper sea, safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on His gentle breast, there by His love, O shaded, sweet. My soul shall rest safe in the arms of Jesus, safe from corroding care, safe from the world's temptations. Sin cannot harm me then. Free from the blight of sorrow, free from the doubts and fears. Only a few more trials, only a few more tears. Save the arms of dreams.
1: Sleep His
0: there my Sweetly my soul shall rest. Jesus, my heart's dear refuge. Jesus has died for me on the rock of ages Ever my trust shall be Here let me wait with patience Wait till the night is over Wait till I see the morning Break on the golden shore, safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on his gentle breast. There by his love, oh shaded, sweetly my soul shall rest. with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.